0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast, special quarantine series, episode number three. We have a very special guest today, someone who's been an inspiration throughout my entire career, a world champion in almost every promotion, an icon of the sport of MMA, and a movie star, uh, no less, uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson. All right, Quentin Jackson, welcome to the show, buddy.
1: Hey, thanks for having me
0: so, uh, I have to ask you, how are you handling this quarantine and all this crazy coronavirus going around
1: man it's 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 the craziest thing I've ever been through in my lifetime. you know, I don't know what to expect i've just been I just been staying at home as soon as I heard about it, I just self quarantined right away, so I've been on quarantine a lot longer than the rest of the world as soon as I heard about it i just I just stayed at home you know, I had fought like on December. 31st in Japan right and uh, you know I, I've never had the flu or anything before in my life and one day I was in um, Japan and I got sick uh, right before I came home I got I got I got really sick something I never felt before I had like a, uh, I was I was cold but I was sweating and something's wrong with my stomach and I called my ex-wife you know she's Japanese she's at home and I'm like hey what's going on I, I'm getting sick because you know she knows about all the flu and stuff like that she said I don't know Maybe you got the flu, but it only lasts for twenty four hours, right? Right. So, so I was like, man, it's not the flu. I never had the flu before. So honestly, I don't know. I think I probably had like the first strand of that shit. At first, it lasts for twenty four hours. I was I was really sick. I had to lay in the bed for the whole day, and and then I was done. And then she she says like, no, maybe you had like a twenty four hour bug, but you know. Maybe I did have like a 24-hour flu, but you know I don't know much about flus and stuff like that. So as as soon as I heard that a lot of people was getting sick and stuff, I said, "Fuck this! I'm staying home." And and I've been I've been home ever, ever since. I I only left my house once recently. Uh, I went to go over my kids' house to because uh, we moving. We are moving together, and I had to go do some stuff over there. It was kind of weird even leaving my house. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what to think of this. Rashad Evans uh, was telling me about this shit like a couple years ago. Me and him was in Atlanta doing a movie, and he said, "Hey man, when when five uh, G come out, a lot of people gonna get sick. Some people gonna die." And he said it's uh, really bad for our bodies. It's like um, it's radioactive like frequencies, and you know, he said our bodies like energy, and it's gonna fuck our bodies up. And I didn't really pay too much attention back then. I listened to him because I know uh, Rashad's really intelligent. Now, he knows a lot of stuff, but I was like, I don't know, 5G, I'm like, why would they put some shit out like that that they that they know is going to fuck humans up? And I didn't pay it no mind, but then so many conspiracies and stuff going on about what's what's causing this and what's going on, so I, I hit Rashad up again. I said, hey, man, you, I remember you were telling me about that uh, 5G shit, what's up with those crystals? Because he was telling me about some yeah. crystals. I heard I, about this I don't too. know what's going on, I just want to be safe. So I went and bought some crystals from, uh, that he told me about. I got these, like, these crystals and shit. <laughs>
0: got real crystals. <laughs> Hell yeah. I got
1: this shit. Got for my family. Put one in every room. i to wear this shit around my neck. Probably going to swallow some. Fuck it. Uh,
0: Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I heard that before, man. I heard, uh, not only did I hear about this uh, G, uh, 5G, whatever, but I also heard about a lot of people uh, remembering that they got sick in, like, January time frame. Like a lot of people yeah. was like, man, a lot of people were sick in January. A lot of my friends or, or whatever the case and got over it. I hope that's yeah. the case, man, because if that's the case, that, that means that some people might be immune to this thing and, it, and they just get rid of it. And, and so it's not susceptible to everybody. So I hope, I hope that is the case, but there's no way to know because obviously we weren't testing for coronavirus back then.
1: Right. It wasn't, it wasn't in the, um, it wasn't in the mass media. Sorry. My dog wants to come up and hang out. That's it right. wasn't, it was it, yeah, it wasn't in the mass media and, uh, and I heard it's, it, it it is mutated. Yeah. So maybe when people's getting sick, that was probably like the first strain. So d- who d- knows?
0: Did you, did your dog have a green mohawk? Oh yeah! <laughs> did I see that Gizmo, correct? <laughs> Gizmo got a green mohawk. Wow! He's a, of course he's of a coolest, course Gizmo does. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, he's the coolest dog ever. That's awesome, man! You know, uh, My, I, I was actually there in what? Japan with you, believe it or not. You so, was in Japan? Yeah, I was in Japan. I actually flew in and and I had to rush to get to your fight um, because I came in for Manel Cap. Manel Cap's my guy. He fought in the main event on the thirty first against um, Asakura. He won the championship. Uh, yeah,
1: he,
0: uh, he's I think from I saw, AK Thailand. Yeah. So I was actually there. I, I didn't have time to do much, but I just flew in real fast, caught that fight. Um, had to get Manel cut for weight and everything, and then uh, and then he went on to fight. Had a great fight. Won the the. The championship and everything but uh so you're i mean that's good to know that you're just like playing safe you're just staying home you're not training you're just yeah. you're just getting that's the best thing man that's it seems like the smartest thing to do because you know you can't get it if you're if you're not around it
1: yeah I, i'm trying to like run around the block and and just do push-ups and stuff at home but you know I, i've never been a type of person that worked worked out at home you know i kind of regret that now i wish i would have had a home gym, but you know, I just never wanted to bring my work home.
0: Yeah. Of but course. now
1: I just I just wish I had like more stuff to do around the house. This 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 is this is a depressing time as well. Like sometimes it's hard to even get out of bed, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Because I get the, I get depressed when, you know, I hear so many people are dying and stuff yep. like that. And you know, I'm guilty of this too, but a lot of people are kinda like it was like making memes and making fun of it. I think it's good to laugh and stuff like that, but I think that um like some jokes are kind of too harsh because a lot of people are dying. Like a couple of my uh, a couple of my friends' fathers have died, and one of my friends I play video games with told me that his dad is in a coma because he he had a pneumonia, then he caught the coronavirus, and so he's in a coma and fighting for his life right now. And yeah. our generation, we just make since we just making fun of. I don't think we understand the severity of this.
0: I think social media has gotten to a point where it's about being funny and making memes so much. That when the worst disaster of our generation comes around, uh, nobody stops to think about. Okay, let's turn off the the memes and the making fun and, and take things serious. Like these spring breakers in Florida and these people that are still partying and hanging out. Meanwhile, just just the stats to give you an idea. Uh, this morning, uh, there's 577,000 cases in the U.S. So the U.S. is by far the epicenter of this of this uh, d- virus, um, of those 520 or 577,000 cases, 520,000 are active, and 23,000 people have died. Um, so that brings the fatality rate to 21%, which has been steady for the last couple of days. But two days ago, I had a podcast with Michelle Watterson, and it was 19,000 people dead, almost 19,000 people. And two days later, I'm talking to you, it's 23,000. So it's like between 1,500 and, and 2,000 people a day are dying, and it's just starting in America. I mean, it hasn't even really kicked off yet. And there's 520,000 active cases, uh, and, and you figure out... Or, or you come to the conclusion of that, you know, when those get resolved, whether people recover or they die, if it stays what it's doing right now, that's 21% of that 520,000 people statistically are going to die. And, and it's going to be a lot more than 520 because it's jumping up 30,000 a day. So that's scary, man. Like, like that's fucking scary. That's the, that's the worst thing that we've ever yeah. had in our lifetime.
1: Yeah, that's that's super scary. And, and I think, I don't know, could it all be avoided if we just... St- stayed away from each other
0: could,
1: yeah you know could the number could it why is it why is the number um rising so rapidly is where I want. It. why i don't understand
0: yeah it's it's really contagious and the problem is so the worst thing we've had in and as of late history which isn't like obviously very recent was the spanish flu uh the spanish mm-hmm. uh, thing the influenza uh i think that killed like 50 million people but the fatality rate was two percent So essentially what that meant was that of all the people that got the Spanish flu, only 2% of those people died because of medication. And then the 2% were the 2% that couldn't get the medication, they were in rural areas, or whatever the case, they didn't have access. So considering that this thing is a 21% fatality rate, because people need hospital beds, they need respirators, it's not about just medication, especially with old, old people, people with pre existing injuries, that makes this a far more dangerous virus, if it gets to that level and spreads to that That depth, so I'm with you, man. Uh, Thailand is cracked down. Uh, The roads are blocked. Phuket, the island of Phuket, is completely locked in, and we're actually segregated. I guess you could say almost like districts, like it's some kind of movie or something. But we're in like little sub sub areas of Phuket, and we can't even go Mm -hmm. in other areas. So like, and I'm talking, the areas are small. It's not like a city, it's like a neighborhood. So oh. like we have a couple stores, like a 7 and like one shopping center per like area maybe if we're lucky. And so for me to do these podcasts, I do all this stuff in my, in my house myself And then I take all the files because they're so big. And so tomorrow, I have you tonight, Force Griffin in the morning. I'm gonna take both podcasts and then I gotta go to the the military checkpoint and I'm meeting my, my staff there. I can't even go to my gym because it's in a different area. So I'm meeting my staff at the checkpoint and then we talk to the guards and then we do a handover and I hand over the USB drive to my staff they take the usb drive they go back they edit it and then they post it so it's like that's how we're doing these podcasts is we're literally having to go to checkpoints and hand over the usb drive and then get these things processed it's crazy but i think it's going to definitely make some difference here compared to america where they're just not a lot of people are not listening at all
1: right people are not listening people still gathering like those spring breakers i don't know what the hell they was thinking
0: it's crazy man absolutely crazy What made you move to Thailand? <clears throat> you know, the right... Well, I've been coming to Thailand for like 20 years, since 2000. I was here for the millennium. So uh, training Muay Thai for MMA. Obviously, you know, Muay Thai, there's a lot of great moves for MMA. And and I was a striker, so I wanted to have some flashy knockouts and stuff. And uh, there was just never – I was having to come train Muay Thai, go home, uh, get rid of all the more Muay Thai stance and stuff that I can't use in MMA, re-break myself, and then have my full MMA camp. So it had always been like kind of like my dream to build eventually a gym here because it's hard to get Thai – Uh, trainers out of Thailand. It's really, really difficult with visas and stuff. So I was like, I was thinking about it these last few years that i was training here and i was like man this is the perfect location i mean the you know i'm, I'm on an island here you know you got the beaches you got the islands you got the great food you got the low stress you got the friendly people you got the low economy you have everything that a fighter really wants and needs and and has to have to survive to be a fighter versus me growing up in san jose you know trying to make a living in the silicon valley and also be a fighter you know where the the freaking economy was crazy and we were working two yeah. and three jobs and having to train and fighting the UFC and all this stuff so uh then it, I just got more ambitious with my goals and, and decided to build a bigger bigger gym and AK Thailand was born you know I had to fight some fights and save up some money and, and take some risk I lost my first gym here lost six figures in cash um was pretty depressed about that went home came back you know it was kind of a learning that was like my college you know people call it a failure but i call it my college you know i didn't i don't have college debts but i have that loss for that first gym but yeah. I, I use that loss to learn how to make a proper gym and do it the right way in a foreign country so ak times been going strong ever since up until mid mid-march man uh and oh, yeah okay. now it's we're good. now we're shut down i'm out
1: there man i i was um getting everything set up i, I just I just decided to um, buy a house right before all this stuff and and move back in with my kids. And so I was planning on setting all that up, and I wanted to hit you up and come out there and train. Yep. I saw um, Tyron uh Woodley training out there. I'm like, man, that looks dope. I need and I need to lose like 20 or 30 pounds. And my friend Seabass was out there. He said he lost like 20 pounds training out there. I think he was training with you, wasn't he?
0: Tyron Tyron, Tyron lost uh, Tyron lost like 30 pounds, or he, he no he lost he lost at least 20 pounds for sure in the first like couple of weeks, but like, he was killing it, man, sweating and like, and working hard. Um, and we have fun. So it's like one of those things yeah. where it's like, you don't have to train in an environment that's not fun, you know, and, and, and not yeah. relaxing and cool. Like there's nothing wrong yeah. with going to the beach and, and relaxing on the water. There's nothing stressful that's going to take away from your training. So it's like, yeah. there, there's no reason not to come to Thailand and enjoy good things, good food, good, you know, economy, yeah. friendly people, nice beaches while you're also getting your training. And so that's what makes it a perfect place. And we were talking, and I'm definitely going to have you out as soon as we get this thing open. So I'm just waiting uh, for this crisis to end, man, so we can get the, the doors yeah. open and get people back out there. So
1: yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. I, I just hope all this stuff is over with soon because it's it's very depressing. I always get depressed when when a lot of like bad stuff going. On. Like even when like the tsunamis hit, uh, you know, Japan and all. the earth, I just get I get depressed, and this around here is real depressing for
0: yeah. just to
1: see people, you know, dying and. And going, it's just, I don't know, it's just really hard to deal with.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you, man. Yeah, well, it's good to see that you're, you're staying safe. I think that's the best option. And uh, that's what I'm doing these podcasts for is kind of seeing where people are. Uh, and I'm kind of taking yeah. this time stamp in history because I don't see anybody doing podcasts with guys like yourself, fighters and celebrities that uh, are more covering this. And so it's like it'll be good to look back one day when this is all over with and kind of see what Quentin was doing during during the coronavirus and what different Our people women. were doing. You know, it's like I'm, I'm trying to hold this this, this time and, and oh, capture okay, these yeah. moments, you Honestly, know.
1: I don't do many interviews these days, you know. I've been I've been shying away from it But basically what I've been doing during this quarantine, I've been playing a lot of video games. I've been um I've been running around the block here and there. I've been uh I've been I started uh coloring and, and like the coloring books. I like really? I like coloring. I used to do it with my daughter. Nice. And I taught my daughter how to how to color when she was like real young and it got me into coloring. Again, you know now she's grown up she's thirteen now and she's she's actually turned to a nice little artist, but you know she's half japanese and mm-hmm. and you know she know how to read and write Japanese right and when you write Japanese, I think that helps you become an artist because it's it's like drawing like figures or something and, right. she, and she now she's turned to a painter and stuff like that, so uh, her and i we um plan to start painting and stuff together she's gonna show me how to how to do the painting and um I started reading books. I've been watching like um, old episodes of um, what you call that show Shark Tank. Yeah, and I and I got, yeah I got really interested in that and it kind of taught me a lot, right? So I I, I bought my first book and over like twenty years, <laughs> yeah. I, I bought like Mark Cuban's book. Yeah, because I think that guy's a business genius. So I just been trying to educate myself and do stuff that I wouldn't normally um, do. When, you know, so just. It's good man that's good to hear that you're the, keeping him busy. busy
0: and also Mark Cuban I just read that is keeping him he's keeping his he's keeping it open to run for president so uh he's he's considering possibly running for president and uh well, yeah, that that wow. would be something man you know because he he is a he's a real business genius and and a good guy yeah. a good family yeah, he's guy, a good guy. You know?
1: yeah you can tell you can tell he's you can tell he's a good guy you can tell like he's a no nonsense type of guy but but really he's he's a good guy
0: yeah well i gotta ask you man. i haven't had you on the podcast before so i got to get into a couple things um i want to ask you about the a team man that is that is one of my favorite shows obviously i mean obviously back in in the day you know like it was uh 83 87 so i was like eight or nine years old when i was watching the old the old uh a team and then it became uh you know obviously uh you did the movie in 2010 And that was i remember when you did that movie man i was so pumped because it was an mma fighter getting such a big role and like bradley cooper there, one of my favorite actors too right now how how was that man and and two two questions how was that uh and then also um i think the uh what was the uh the 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 slogan was there is no plan b but it turned out to be there is no sequel and i want to know why because like that was it, it did 177 at the box office so it's like it was a successful movie First, how was it? And second, why, why has there not been a sequel?
1: Okay, that's two real easy questions. Um, man, it was so fun doing that movie. I made friends for a time. I'm still real good friends with a couple of uh, the actors that was, you know, and then I'm really good friends with the director. And I, I got to be a big kid for like six months. It was hard, though. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was hard work. I was always the first one to lead to, to um, be on set because I had to do makeup to cover up my tattoos and they liked one of my t- tattoos so they had to recreate it on the other arm because of the story I needed the, the certain tattoo on my left arm so they had to cover it up and it, you know even though I didn't have as, many, as much dialogue with other people but it's just damn, that damn makeup trailer I was in there for hours with my arm <laughs> raised up like this for hours so they can paint the stuff over the tattoos. Yeah. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. You know, I hung out with a lot of the, um, you know, the people that work behind the scenes and stuff. Cause you know, it, it was shot in Canada. Everybody's really nice. You know, I was in Vancouver. I love Vancouver. Right. So it was a good experience. I was there for six months. I got wow. to be a big kid every day. I, I got to tell people, shut up fool all the time. But the <laughs> the best memories I had is, um, uh, uh, Chateau Copley, the uh, character that played uh, Murdoch. Him and I, we was the only two, Legit, eighteen fans, and so yeah. stuff that you guys never saw. Like the whole time we and him together, we act like Mr. T and Murdoch the whole damn yeah. time. Yeah, we, <laughs> we 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 played the part the whole time. It was it was so fun. And the, your second question: the reason why they didn't make a sequel is because even though they did that well in the box office, they they I think they made they spent three hundred million on the movie, and. That they didn't. They didn't um, market it right. They didn't, They went up against Karate Kid, which didn't do well on, on on TV, but it did great opening weekend because of the marketing and stuff. Like they marketed well overseas. Like other countries did a lot better with it, but they just Fox. I don't know. They had this one. I can't remember his name. It's been years. Been ten years. But they had this one guy at Fox, and he just dropped the ball. He didn't he didn't promote the movie right. They, they. I don't think they even did the posters right. Like, I did a tour for the movie. It went all over the world uh, promoting the movie, and every other country did it right except for America. Other countries, they had, like, exciting posters. They had us, like, they had, you know, the scene where we was flying the tank yeah. and stuff like that. They had the van jump in, crashing through stuff on the posters. In America, the posters was just four faces, our four faces, all the stars on there, right? And... No one knew who me and Chateau Copley was, really, because he only did, like, one movie, District 9 or whatever. And then they knew Liam and Bradley Cooper, but they just had our four pitches on the on the poster. And it was kind of like, what they got to do with A-Team? You know what I'm saying? So it, they just didn't promote it good enough. And so most people didn't see it in the theaters. When when you go to watch a movie, what do you guys need to learn about the, movies, the movie industry? So... They based on if they're gonna do a sequel or not on the opening weekend. If the movie smashes it the opening weekend, then then they'll put money up for for a sequel. If it don't, right. then most likely they won't. I'm not saying that they haven't ever done that, but it's 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 harder to get the okay to do a sequel. And they just they just never came back with a sequel. But it smashed it on TV when when you know when it came to cable and stuff like that you know the the movie smashing it's a great movie it's funny it's action the director um joe kernahan he's a he's a genius i remember him not liking the script that he that he had and uh us acting like shooting the movie and the script they changed the whole script and it's not being yeah. finished like it. so he was he was writing the script as we as we went he, he changed it. He's writing it as as we were shooting. So he changed up the whole movie and made it into a a, a great a great movie. He, he he a genius. I think the guys a genius, but they they just didn't market it right.
0: I know it was kind of earlier in his career. What was it like working with Bradley Cooper? Just because I'm kind of a fan of his now and some of the movies that he's done since yeah. then.
1: Bradley Cooper is like super cool. You know, he he he's like a super cool guy and he's real nice and he's he's a hard worker. Bradley Cooper is a is a real is a real hard worker and he um you know I learned a lot working with him and and uh and those other guys I, I learned something from 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 working with all of them you know even Jessica bill she's like she's like super nice super cool super down to earth and you just learn so much from working with people like, like that but Bradley he's he's a he's a hard worker I was you know I wasn't surprised that he he was gonna you know I think I already thought he was a star then when, you know, I already thought he was a star, like a big, big, big star, but I wasn't surprised that he was going to blow up super big after that because the guy's just a hard worker. He, under, he, you know, he understand. he understand like, the um, movie business. There's a lot to the movie business that, like, like we we don't know. Like, me doing that movie and, and being, you know, I've done other small movies. That's the biggest one I've done. But when you when you work on a movie set like that for six months, you kind of watch movies differently. It took me, like, five years to really sit back and enjoy movies, because I learned so much from those guys. You know what I'm saying? From the, I learned so much about the movie business, and then it kind of ruins movies for you a little bit, right? Just because I learned so much from those guys. Those guys know the ins and outs of everything.
0: So I got to ask you something, or tell you something—a funny little story that you don't know about. So uh, Dana calls me, and and this was in 2008, and and Dana said. This is back when Dana was getting the UFC popular and trying to get the guys, you know, more famous and in movies and stuff. And he calls me in 2008 and he's like, I'm going to send you to L.A. and audition for a movie. And he goes, I think you're going to get it. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good role for you. And I was like, oh, cool, man. I, you know, I've never done this before. I had no idea what to do. He's, and he's like, okay, so Clive Owen's doing this movie. It's called Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> you know, so just, I'm going to fly you down to to L.A. You, you know, we'll take you there and you can audition and uh, I think you're going to get it. So I'm like, sweet, cool, no problem. I don't even think I got this. I didn't get the sides uh, before and I don't think – or maybe I did. I don't know. Uh, no, I didn't for that one. And then I showed up there and then I, I went to check in at that little the little you know studio, whatever it was. And uh, I read the description and it was like, you know, extremely intimidating uh, person. And it, it, t- it talked about what the scene was going to be about. You're going to put up a fight against the main guy and like you need to be like aggressive. And and, and just like it described you to a T. <laughs> and then I was like, like, literally, like, so and then I, and then I went to the sign up sheet, because there was like a sign up sheet and everything. And then I, and I looked down and like, y- you had just signed your name before me, like, y- you had just auditioned <laughs> before me. And I remember, like, my heart sank. I'm like, like, literally, like the description of, of who this character is couldn't have been more you. Cause you were like, you know, I'm, I'm small, skinny little dude. And you're like this, you know, this big muscle bound, like fighter. And like, you look like a real ultimate fighter and shit. And like, I was just thinking to myself, damn, man, I'm probably not going to get this. But I gave <laughs> it my all, man. I, I gave it my all, dude. I, I was going to get it. And then I was going to like, eventually tell you, man, I got that part and I know you auditioned for it. Ah, and I never got the back. <laughs> and then I found out you got it. <laughs> and then I saw you in the movie too. So Ooh. I was like, yeah, good for you, man.
1: Dude, that was—I think—that was the first move I ever uh, got the audition for and actually got the role. I'm shit at auditioning, bro. I'm shit. Well, that makes me feel
0: much better. Yeah, (laughs) thanks. I (laughs) must have been really bad.
1: No, you—you—you had a good point. Like they probably just really wanted the way I look. You probably did better in your audition than I did, but I just probably like looked apart a little bit you know so i probably just looked the part a little bit better cuz like i said it's more to movies than what we know it's like the camera and how you look on camera and stuff like that you know i the director i can tell he he didn't like me because cuz i wasn't a, i'm not a real martial artist you know what i'm saying i'm i'm not like you guys yeah. i always been like a, a brawler i'm i'm a street brawler like people always ask me why you don't throw head kicks why you don't do this like motherfucker i'm a brawler you know what i'm saying like you know my background it's basically like street fighting, you know. And I just learned how to wrestle a little bit. Then I learned how to kick box, learn some jujitsu defense, and I, then then I started learning boxing. Was learning how to throw my hands. Like over the years, you know, I just kind of evolved into somebody just like to. I just got addicted to knocking people out. So I was trying to knock people out, but I never really considered myself as a martial artist. So. And, that, and, and and when I, I remember shooting that movie, it was like a Japanese director came from his name. But he was kind of he was kind of low-key mad at me because he was asking me to throw these like weird kicks. I'm like, like, motherfucker, have you ever seen me fight? I don't do that shit. I don't throw, I don't throw those weird kicks. And so it, it, it was probably just the way I looked back then. I was really in good shape and stuff back then, big guy. And yeah, it probably it's probably just because of the way I looked because man uh the only reason why I, i'm gonna tell you the only reason why I got uh 18, the only reason why I wanted to audition there, because I knew about that movie years before anybody uh uh um I signed up with this with this with this manager and he was like uh man, he was giving me like little, trying to get me little small parts in here and there and they were sending me out to audition for crazy shit and I had to tell him, look man don't send me out auditioning for all these crazy shit they had me auditioning for for roles that Ashton Kushner and shit would get. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to audition for shit like that. Give me shit that, you know, I, I'm not I'm not like a actor. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like a, a somebody I can, you know, just give me shit that I don't have to act. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm, yeah. I, I I, can study acting a little bit, but give me shit I don't have to act. Give me little small shit. I don't want to be no star and shit right now. I'm still fighting. Just give me shit that I can be fun, like beating up folks. Or, you know, I'm a big kid, really. And then he was like, well, what type of shit you want to do? I said, look, man, if they ever make an 18 movie, get in that motherfucker. I want to pay B.A. DeRocca's. And sure enough, uh, maybe a year or so go by, uh, he said, man, they're making an 18 movie. I'm like, no fucking way. I'm like, yeah. And then he said, um, and, uh, and, uh, what's, I can't, I can't b- believe I'm having a, a brain fart. What's the name of the the guy that uh, did Boy, Boys in the Hood? Um. The director that did *Poison the Hood*. He passed away recently. My good friend, man. The director. Wow, wow. I had to break. I hate card. when that
0: happens, man. Sometimes, like the, the most like uh, embedded he's, memories just disappear. Sometimes. Yeah, he's This is he's, this, is, this is being a fighter, man. Yeah, I know. it's part <laughs> it, of, It'll it'll fight. come back later. You're remember yeah, that you don't need to remember. I'm, I'm ashamed. <laughs> I'm ashamed. I well,
1: people watching there know exactly what I'm talking about. That happens to me too, there. man. Uh, um he directed uh he wrote um Boys in the Hood. The black he's a black guy. Uh he just passed away like maybe a year or two ago. Wow. Anyway, he was doing it and he like, man, you perfect for this you perfect for this role of BA and um but I need you to take acting classes. I need you to learn how to act. and, and uh, I'm like well, well damn, all I gotta do is say shut up, fool. He was like, No, man, you gotta <laughs> this is a this is gonna be a this is gonna be a big film. You gotta you gotta uh you gotta learn how to um John Singleton. John Singleton. Yeah. John Singleton. Yeah. John
0: then Singleton.
1: You're right he was like, yeah, he was like, You gotta you gotta learn how to act. So I tried to go to acting classes and I just couldn't learn like that. You know, it was in a class where I you know, my manager took me there at the time, my um uh, entertainment manager it was like a big class full of a bunch of people that they wanted to be actors so bad and it was just the the energy and the scene the scenery i like and, and and a, and and the teacher it's just it's just honestly my impression of that was like they're just making money they're not really trying to teach people how to act so right i, I went and got an acting coach and i learned one-on-one and i'm still good friends with with, with this guy today he's in a lot of tv shows and a few movies. I went through a couple of different acting coaches, but I found this one that really taught me and we worked really hard on on the road. Then John Singleton pulled out. He said, oh, I don't like the direction they're going with the movie. So he's like, I'm, I'm pulling out. And I, 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 he was like, you can still do it if you want. But you know, they, they're not portraying B.A. Barakas the way that he should be portrayed. And he said, he said man, that, that guy's like one of the most iconic figures, um, you know what I'm saying, in 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 the world I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a part of, of what they are trying to do. And I kinda of felt like I portrayed him by still going and doing the because 'cause I'm you know, I've never been a big fan of anybody or anything, but I was a real big fan of BA. I'm still in, I'm a big fan of yeah. Mr. T. Real big fan. You know, I'm one of his biggest fans. I used to watch that show with my dad when I was a kid and I was like, This is this is my dream to play this so I, I, I still did it and when When I did the movie, I never complained about it like publicly or anything, but I understood what John Singleton was talking about yeah. what, what they were trying to do with the with the character of Da Barakas. because if you really think about it uh b a Barakas was the star of the TV show yeah but he but he and he got moved star. down in
0: the movie,
1: yeah, he got moved down in yeah. the movie and and, and, and and he you know what i'm saying john Singleton, he he knew what they was trying to do and and me. I'm the type of person that I don't really care about all that stuff, you know, what so I'm like I just wanna have fun with big kid, you know what I'm saying? I you know, I don't that's not why I wanna do things. I don't wanna do the role to be the biggest star in the in, in in the movie, you know, so I just thought it would be fun. I get to shoot guns, beat people up,
0: you know what I'm yeah. saying? I
1: thought that I thought that was gonna be fun. I get to play like one of my heroes. And so I knew when 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 it's time for me to audition with um show Conahan, I knew what they was looking for. A lot of people thought that they was looking for Mr. T. I knew that they was looking for a a. B.A. Rockets So imagine every black a- actor, athlete, rapper, everybody wanted that role, right? And they all came in auditioning dressed like Mr. T. And I was like the only one that came in acting like B.A. Rockets. because John Simmonson told me they're looking for a new B.A. Barakas. They don't they don't want a new Mr. T. Like, you can't be another Mr. T. Yeah. And me, me being just a big fan of Mr. T, I knew they are going in already. I, I didn't want to go there acting like Mr. T because I couldn't do his, do him justice. Like, if Mr. T would have, would have passed away, maybe show him homage, something like that. But I, was, I wanted to be the new B.A. Brock. And that's the only reason why, why I got that role is because I studied really hard and I knew what they was looking for, but other than that, I haven't really landed any other auditions. I go to auditions here and there, and I and I fell on them all. I, I auditioned audition for GI Joe, other big movies, and I suck at auditioning because if it's not real, it's not real. I can't do it.
0: Hey, what's up guys sorry about the break i just want to thank our sponsor aka thailand and let you guys know of the cell that we're doing the reopen cell for when this crisis is over all you guys that are planning on coming to aka thailand to train that are emailing us and messaging us and and asking us questions and Uh, trying to plan your trips for when this is over. Obviously, you don't know the dates. We don't know when this crisis is going to end, but we do know it will end. Um, And you guys will probably be stir crazy, as I am, and you will want to train and get to Thailand as fast as possible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you with that. And we set up a 30% discount as of right now until we hit our budget. Um, And so it's all set up on the website, akthailand.com. All you got to do is uh, you have to log in. You just got to go to akthailand.com, click on the pricing, all group classes are on sale for 30% off. So if you wanna train for a week, uh, if you want to train for a month, a year, however long you're planning on coming, uh, these are redeemable anytime in the future. This is a question that I keep getting from people. Um, they're, they're saying, uh, man, I don't think I'm going to be able to get there until uh, January of next year or you know December or November, depending on when this crisis ends. Is it still valid then? The sale won't be valid. The sale is only going to be valid until we hit our budget, and then we're going to have to stop the sell because it's obviously costing us a third of our revenue. Um, so we've allocated a certain amount of money to be in the cell, but the once you purchase the the package or the training, you can redeem it at any time. So you can redeem it and in- you know, the second that this crisis is over and that we're open or a year from now, two years from now. And we also will allow you to transfer it. So if something happens that you purchase a month of training, you decide you don't want to come to Thailand anymore, or you get injured or something, you want to give it to your buddy, give it to your friend, we will transfer it. All you got to do is email us, tell us the name, we'll put it in our POS, and then we'll have everything waiting on them when they arrive. So again, that's akthailand.com. If you have any other questions, you can email us at info at akthailand.com. Thanks.
1: Yeah, you've been on auditions where they just read your your lines back to you. They're not acting with you. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. it sucks.
0: I, I I bombed out on Rambo too. I so I got the call from Dana again, and, and now I'm just I'm just like not even having faith when he calls me. But he called me for Rambo, and he's like, I'm gonna send you down. Uh, they're looking for a mercenary to join Rambo in Thailand to film Rambo. You know the 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 most recent one you yeah. know since the recent one the one before yeah. and uh same thing man i i'm like freaked because he sent me my sides ahead of time and i thought i had like an in and i knew Sylvester Salone was like gonna go to the ufc and stuff and like dude you know yeah. I-, I figured i had some kind of in right and man i studied these sides i was because dude, rambo was like and i, mean, I love the a yeah. team but rambo was my shit growing up dude. Yeah. rambo was yeah. my like i was gonna be rambo when i was a kid in texas growing up small small town texas and uh and so, man, I went in there, and I, I freaking, dude, I, I tried so hard. I, I was, like, the the hardest I've ever worked for an audition, and and I didn't get it. And then time went on, and I kind of forgot about it. And then, like, as it turns out, ironically enough, my first UFC main event fight was against Josh Berkman, and I fought Josh Berkman at the Palms Casino, and, and I was the main event against uh, against Josh Berkman. And I show up at the fight, and I'm all excited because my first main event, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm making it in the UFC. I'm a main event. And this was, like, a long time after this audition. And when I show up, it's like Rambo everywhere. So like Rambo sponsored the UFC that I was the main event of. So it was like literally Rambo advertisements on every corner of the ring, on the, on the bottom. And it was like Sylvester Stallone was was front row. And I was
1: like, I was it was so
0: bittersweet because like I really wanted that role so bad and I didn't get it. And then here I am fighting and in, in the middle of like this huge Rambo promotion. And I was like, what an ironic situation that was. So. So yeah, as yeah. you can tell, I suck at auditions, and uh, yeah. I've, I've done one movie. I fought Rudy Youngblood, the guy from Apocalypto, and that's like yeah. the only movie I've done.
1: What movie? What movie was that
0: you was in? Beatdown. Was a, I was in Beatdown with uh, Michael Bisping, and, uh, and and I was in the final fight scene against Rudy Youngblood.
1: I think I, I yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, Rudy,
0: there was a lot. There's a few. There's a few guys in there. Yeah,
1: I think I think I saw that. Hey, Rudy Youngblood, he's a special character, huh?
0: He's, he's funny, man. Yeah, he's and he funny, was smaller than me, too. Yeah, he's but, you know, nice I, never realized, I never realized you had to choreograph the entire fight scene. Like, I always thought in movies, like, you just kind of did one thing, stop, do another thing, stop, do another thing, stop. And so it was like, okay, I, I got to do a punch, pick him up, throw him down, and it's going to cut. And then yeah. I'll, like, jump on the, on the ground, and I'll do a choke or something, and then they'll cut. Yeah. No, you have to do the whole entire scene, like I choreographed the whole scene. I never knew about that. Well, some, that shit some... is hard
1: yes yeah, that was some hard man that way. but they do you're, you're correct some people do it like
0: that was hard to do that whole thing yeah. like 10 15 times is the whole yeah. entire fight from start to finish different angles they're getting yeah. angles from different yeah uh, and but it was cold budget, we were in a warehouse
1: you wasn't there wasn't a low budget movie then
0: it, it was kind of mid-budget
1: i think okay yeah low budget they do it like they do it
0: they yeah do it, it like was kind of low
1: that, uh they they do it the way you expand You Do one move cut, do other move cut. Yeah. But the bigger budget <laughs> yes. move, they do the whole they do the whole thing. Yeah, using. I did like a low budget uh, fight move, and that's how that's how they did it. They, they you did a couple of moves, and they cut did different angles, and they cut. Yeah, like I think some people uh, like Chinese, like the Chinese directors, they have a certain uh, style of doing it. I I kind of felt like this one fight move I did, I I kind of felt like this guy had like a Chinese direct he learned his style from chinese director because i remember he put like a fake sock on it looked like a shoe and he did like yeah. a kick and he smacked <laughs> the guy with the sock you know what i'm saying i'm like oh i've seen that shit in chinese movies when i was a kid so yeah. it's, it's all it's all different styles but the way you did it is hard as fuck i don't, I don't it I don't. is like a,
0: hard man I, I couldn't
1: remember all that shit <laughs>
0: and i didn't Maybe do it like one day I yeah i don't, I don't know I, I, yeah the whole fight scene in one day, which sounds like it's nothing, but, man, when you do 15 times, oh, it was a lot. And, and we had to do it in Dallas, and it was, like, in the wintertime, and it was, like, cold, and it was in an old, like, warehouse. It was, like, open air, but it was, like, this yeah. rugged warehouse thing, and they had to spray us with water for sweat. So yeah. we were just, like, in this cold water, and, like, I was, I was, like, spitting out this, like, chocolate syrupy blood out of my mouth, like, every... Every five minutes, and it was like, it was like, it's I got paid work, good bro. for the, for that one day though, man, because because I filled in for someone else that, that 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 couldn't do it, and so they called me and said, "Hey, could you come in last minute?" So it was good. I enjoyed it, but it, I definitely saw the hard work in it. Is that something that you're you're going to pursue more of? Because I see that you're in like post production, pre production on some films right now. Is this something that like like what is it that you want to do next more than anything?
1: Well, I I would I would really love to um do more movies, but you know I just got to get my ass in gear and. and... And and lose like thirty thirty pounds, bro. I just gotta get my ass. I just gotta get mentally there. I was on, on the way of doing it, going to the gym every day, and then just broke my diet once all this shit happened. I got got um got you know depressed and broke my diet. But that's my goal to get get back in shape and 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 go and do it. And it's fun to go and do movies. I just that's what I want to do. I just I think it's fun. You know, I like I like being a big kid. It's, it's and you know. Uh, you know, fighting you can only do that for so long. You know, and
0: are, you, are last, you done fighting? Or are you looking for I, to, I to fight know. at least one or two more times?
1: I would, I would like to fight one or two times, more times, because my last fight was just was just terrible. You know, what I'm saying it, it was just it was just terrible. It was like the worst worst fight of my career, and, and I, you know, you just hate to leave on a note like that. You know, I, right. I I probably should have retired uh years ago, but you know, I, I still love the sport, and you know, I, I was i I thought I still you know had you know a couple more years left in me, but you just I'm just getting over a, a bunch of different things that that bothered me in my life that I, I don't want to get into but you know i fixed uh I fixed a bunch of different things and got a lot of uh evil managers away from around me and stuff like that and and now i'm in finally in a, in a clear head space i just I just need to um be be more focused on on you know like the important things. And then once I retire, you know, it's a lot of other things I, that I can do. But you know, acting is just—I like it. It's just fun. You know, it gives
0: you—it's—it's
1: right. it's like when you're a kid and you and you you know, make believe and you do all this stuff. I think that's what it is for adults. It's like being a kid again.
0: Yeah, and you're in Huntington Beach right now, right?
1: Yeah, I'm in Huntington right
0: now. So you're not far from LA anyway. So so it's easier for you to go in and, and audition and, and try to get some roles and stuff.
1: Yeah, but you know I don't do all that. like I said I suck at auditions and stuff like that. So I don't I don't do all that auditioning and shit. You know I don't do all that shit, man. Like I haven't I haven't been able to study like acting. You got to keep studying, and so pretty yeah. soon I'm, I'm gonna start back studying. You should probably study more too, man. Get some more roles. You out there in, in Thailand?
0: You can I'm put in your a own crisis. Shit. I'm in a crisis right now, man. I've been building this gym for 10 years, and... It, I, it's shut down. I mean, it's government yeah. mandated the whole Island shut down. So now now I'm, now I'm just paying the most expensive gym membership I've ever paid in my life wow. every month until this gym opens. Cause I got zero revenue coming in and yeah. I got I, I haven't, la- I haven't laid off a single employee. I'm paying all the, the fees and, and, the, and the, and the, all the bills, all the taxes out of my own pocket. Wow. So if this thing goes on for like two, three months, that's bad. But if it goes on for six months, that's even worse. So yeah. I got to focus on getting, getting that, uh, set up, and then I want to come back strong. Like, like I, I was talking in my last podcast. Like, I'm fired up to, you know, this is something that's that's supposed to break people. You know, supposed to break yeah. business owners and entrepreneurs and and people that are yeah. like, this. This is the ultimate test. This is the worst case scenario. You know, a virus oh. going around, and and the place where you have a business getting shut down, where none of your customers can even fly to your. Your business, and then on top of that, the government then comes and tells you you have to shut it down. It's like the absolute worst case scenario that you could never predict in a million years. Whoa. So we're supposed to fail, we're supposed to be weak, we're supposed to come back and struggle and 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 have to work ourselves and grind ourselves back up. But I'm doing everything and I can and I can in my power to make sure that when we come back, we're going to come back stronger and make a make a make an impact and show people that, you know, we didn't just sit around and, and we're working on things during this time and we're improving things. We're improving the website. We're working on an app. We're doing the podcast. We're doing uh, you know, a lot of a lot of different things in marketing that's gonna help promote this thing and, and get this thing back. Where when we do open those doors again i think we're gonna come come out with a bang you know we already got all brand new gear ready uh bags everything set up inside in the cool nice indoor you know so it's gonna look nice when we come back and so it's like i gotta focus on that for a while once we get over this crisis
1: well, let me know anything I can do to help promote your gym when it's get back open, man. I always been a fan. Of I gotta you. get you're, you out there. Yeah, you're fighting. Yeah, I I want to get out there, but <clears> I know you guys are gonna be filming shit, so I gotta get my ass in shape just a little bit before I get out there, cause I want my big nah, belly man. out there in Thailand uh, on the beach, big hairy belly hanging out. <laughs> we'll out wait. We'll,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait, man. We'll wait like five days until you lose thirty pounds. So you gotta get out here, man. I'm telling you, yeah. ask Tyron. Ask Tyron, man. You you will get the weight off of you so fast out here. And yeah. it's fun. I mean, we can yeah. have some fun while we're doing it, man. We can cruise on the boats and, and, and check out the islands and hit the yeah. beaches and, 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 and burn calories. And it's a good time, man. So I'm down. You know, I'm down. I'm down. Well, just so, hit me up as soon as this thing's over. Stay safe. Hit me up when this thing is over with, and I'll get you out here. And, and uh-huh. we'll have some fun, man.
1: All right. Sounds good, man. Thank you for and the want.
0: I want to say one more thing too so uh, I was fighting in Lemore. Uh obviously I've been a, you've been a big inspiration for me in my career coming up and uh, when I was coming up uh, through my career and watching your fights in Pride and, and, and all your fights in general and I remember uh, one, one moment in particular in Lemoore, California at the WEC I was fighting like WC3 WC4 I don't remember it was probably 2002 2003 time frame and I remember you showed up to one of the events you were like a guest or something or, or, or maybe you had a fighter fighting or something like that I don't know if it was your Lexus or not. I, I don't know. Did you have a Lexus back then?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I always have a Lexus somewhere. Yeah.
0: yeah so, so back then, uh, you strolled up in like a Lexus, and you got oh. out, and, 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 and you you were walking with your, your guys and stuff, and I saw you, and I didn't say anything, man, but I was just like, wow, man. I was just like, Damn. I was like, man, there's hope for people like us, man. I was like, look at, the, that's Quentin Rampage Jackson. He's got a, got, came out of his nice Lexus. He's got his group around him. You were do mm. you were kicking ass in, in your career. And like, mm. it was such an inspiration for me, man. Like seeing that and, and, you know, hoping to one day get to a point where I could also fight like that and, and, and have nice things. And, and so it's always been a big, big thing for me. Uh, that was a big moment. Mm. So I just want to yeah, tell you that.
1: Thanks, man. You know, I, this, the part of the fighting that I I never thought about. I never thought about other fighters looking up to me like that. Or you know, it was. It's been it's been a wild, wild ride for me too. I just I was just doing something that I thought was positive. You know, I, like I I grew up fighting in the streets, and so I'm like, fuck, I can fight and, and get paid for it, and not go and not go to jail, not get in trouble. And I just you know, I can. You know, it's for me. It was always like my hustle. It's always like my hustle. So. I kind of, I kind of wish that, um, I kind of wish that I, I knew the, the stuff you were telling me. I kind of wish I knew that back then. Maybe I would have, you know, um, maybe I probably would have, you know, probably even trained even harder. Or I, I didn't realize people was, was, was watching, watching me other fight. I just thought I was entertaining the fans. I always wanted to be very entertaining for the fans. That's, that's the only thing I focus on. You know, I figured this: if I go out there and be very entertaining the fans, the, the promoters have to pay me big bucks. That's, that's, you know, I've always fought for money. I never fought for fame. I never fought for anything else. I, I you know, I wanted, and you know, I always fought for, with honor. You know, I always wanted yeah. to be, I always wanted to be like the, 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 the fighter with honor, like trying not to give low blows, trying not to do illegal and dirty stuff. I want to really beat somebody. And somebody, if somebody um beat me, like, oh, okay, they was, they was better than me. You know, if I beat somebody like, oh, I was better than them. But I always right. wanted to inter- entertain the, the the crowd, and so the promoters knew my worth. I and mean, that's the only thing I was focusing on. I didn't think that the other fighters and stuff was was watching me and stuff like that. I, if I if I would have known stuff like that, maybe I would I would have tried a little bit harder to stay on top for, for longer and stuff like that. I mean, you know, things you don't think about.
0: That's my fault, man. I should have came up to you in Lamore and told you, and then you would have known. Dude, I, I guarantee man, you, man. There's there's a lot of people out there that were inspired by you. And when I when I was coming up through WEC and then getting into the UFC, I would I would have this like this folder on my computer with all the highlight videos. I would collect highlight videos from the internet. Back in the old days, the fans would make highlight videos, and I would watch them. And I would I would get the the, the, the guys that were the most dangerous. I wanted to be the lion, the alpha. You know, you've seen some of my fights. I I fight crazy. You know, and like mm-hmm. I wanted to be that knockout guy. And uh, the, the two the two best highlights that I would say for the very end before that I'd watch, I'd watch on Fight Week to get pumped up and get ready was you and Vanderlei, and yeah. and, and I know y'all have had y'all's history, but y- y'all oh, yeah. were the two main, main main highlights back then that I would watch to get me fired up to fight. And okay. I was ask you, so what what is the tally with you guys now? Are y'all are you two and two?
1: Yeah, we two and two. We two and two. So and y'all, two, right?
0: there's a fight right there, man. I
1: don't
0: know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta, if
1: like, you I, want another he's, fight, he's so small. I gotta get. I gotta make sure I get get back. Get back down. I know. I. I it should be some type of tiebreaker, but we both old as hell. And you know, the last two times yeah. I, I knocked him out. I don't. I don't even think he should. I don't even think yeah, he should be true. fighting again. But
0: that's like just I a said, fan I'll, in
1: me saying that. Yeah, I will fight. <laughs> I don't the, really want to. I'll fight Donnelly like a hundred times, but you know. I, I remember I watched Vanelle at UFC 20 before I was even a fighter. I, I went there with with this guy who got me into uh, MMA, and, and I became a big fan of Vanelle that day. And Vanelle, he didn't know it all these years. He was fighting in Pride and stuff. I was always like a fan of. I, I like his fighting style. He's he's aggressive, you know. What I'm saying he's you know I, he's like one of the guys I always looked up to. But Venile couldn't he could never stand me. He always he always hated me in pride in Japan 'cause yeah. I wasn't because I wasn't afraid of him. you know, and, yeah, in Japan. Yeah. A lot of fighters were scared of um uh, and he liked it. But, you know, I'm from the streets. Like like I'm like, this motherfucker is he gonna shoot me? Is he is he gonna shoot me or stab me? No, then I ain't I ain't afraid of him. You know
0: he, he so. beat he beat 90 of his people for that 10-year run i think by doing this I, yeah. I think he broke so many people and when he did this before the fight they yeah. were just like fuck my life i'm done and then they just would walk out there and just get knocked out yeah. <laughs> like he, they were just so done dude
1: yeah he was aggressive his style is <laughs> his fight style is really good for 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 mma the way the way he fights uh, he's he's aggressive I, I thought you know i thought he was great
0: whether you fight again or not, man, you've had a, a great career, man. I really appreciate you coming on and, and having this. I know you don't do a lot of interviews and a lot of podcasts for sure. And, man, I've always wanted to talk to you. So uh, it's, been, it's been great to chat with you. And thanks for taking time. i was gonna ask you one quick thing. Um, obviously, i got to ask you because you're an OG. Um, did you ever expect – through your whole career that it would come to the point where it is today with guys like Conor McGregor and Khabib and and the the following that they have bigger than actors and celebrities and like did you ever think it would we would get to a MMA in general would get to a mainstream point like that and then what do you think of that
1: No I never I never thought that it would um I never thought when I first started fighting back in the King of the Cage days like it was it, it I think it was I think it, it was still called nhb if i can't if, yeah if I, and i never thought that <laughs> i never thought that it was it, it no holds barred yeah i think it would just change it to mma it was just changing to mma like right around that time and i never thought that it would get this big i think it's i think it's i think it's great that you know uh i think it's great for the you know for us that it can get, get this big and people can earn a good living but you know uh Real talk. I'm I'm a little bit jealous of Conor McGregor a little bit because he's doing the stuff that I want to do. I want, I wanted to to box and stuff like that. I, you know, I asked Dana and the UFC and stuff, let me to you know get me a boxing match back when I was young and and um, you know I used to like say what was on my mind and stuff like Conor McGregor did, but I was told like, oh, don't say that, don't do this, don't say that, and then you know I I was. It's a lot of things that I, I, I wanted to do and, and 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 everything, but I wasn't allowed to do it. And like, oh, that's not that's not good. It's not right. Then I then I see this other kid coming up, doing all this shit. I'm like, what the fuck? And it and it it works. You know what I'm saying? I think he's. I think you know. I think that's what our sport needed a superstar like that. That that come out of nowhere and just does and say whatever he wants. Like, is Conor McGregor the best fighter on the planet? No, but he's he's mm-hmm. like one of the the, the best entertainers, and he's bringing a lot of eyes to to our sport. And um, I think that's I think that's that's good. But I just wish the UFC and other MMA um, shows would would pay fighters like boxers got paid. You know, we we our sport is harder than boxing. I'm sorry, even though it's safer than boxing, a lot more boxers die than you know than MMA fighters. The MMA is safer, but nobody trains harder than us. No, yeah, nobody. For sure. You know, we we have to train at least three or four different martial arts, and still, like do cardio and lifting And that, no, you know, no one trains harder than us. And that, that fight is a five minute round, and and you got to do five five minute rounds if it's a championship fight or a main event. That's that's hard. I don't think people understand how how hard that is. And 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 when you think about what some fighters are getting paid. It's like, man, you know, it's like, I just feel bad. Not only, it, it not only is it is it that's that's bad, but think about when MMA fighters when we go out in the in the, in the real world, like other people don't really respect us because they don't, cause they they think that we, you know we're champs we champ chains, but we don't get paid that much. So when like I get offered to do certain things, like, like for instance, I lost money doing the 18 movie because you know. I, I didn't make I didn't make like Mike Tyson money, like I should have when I was fighting. I was champion and stuff like that. I didn't make uh, back then. I didn't make hundreds of millions of dollars like I feel like I I should have. You know what I'm saying? I made millions, but I didn't make hundreds of millions. And people and and people don't know that we make millions because they only show the purse you get. So they only show that you only get two hundred some thousand. They don't know about the other money that you actually get in your pay per view money. So people look up your people look up your purse and say oh what he only got 250 thousand dollars for the for that fight when when in, in reality you know what I'm saying you probably got you probably got paid a couple million but they they don't know that they think you only got paid two hundred something thousand right and then when you go out in the real world and and say you do a movie you do a commercial for Nike or
0: you do something else
1: they're gonna pay you 10 chains because it's like oh he a champ he only fights for 250000 dollars you know what I'm saying they would pay you ten thousand so stock stat- you
0: mean you mean like your stature goes down? Almost kind of like having like low following on Instagram nowadays. It's it's like your stature's right. kind of less because they they think you don't make money. Is what you're saying?
1: Right, right. That's that's the way yeah. to world That's the way to world work. You know, I, like I said, I would have done the 18 movies for free. I would have done it. I would have done shit for free. But I lost money doing it because I was supposed to fight Rashad Evans, but the movie came at the same time. I make way more money fighting than than I do acting. So I lost money um, doing the movie. And, and but I'm saying, no, no, I do that. I do this shit all again, but but I just I just I'm glad that Connor McGregor say, say if Connor, son, I want Connor to be in the movie now instead of paying him a hundred a hundred thousand, they're gonna have to pay him like two or three million this, yeah. to do it right. So, but if Connor McGregor wasn't making the type of money that he was making, even with that same starter, if he wasn't making the type of money he was making, then they could still get him for a hundred thousand, you know what I'm saying? So he makes more money. So why why is he gonna do a movie for a hundred thousand when he when he always making like multi millions fighting? So that's 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 where MMA kind of fucked us in our generation. You know, what I'm saying it was said that um, UFC had an antitrust lawsuit going against them, and because they paid fighters eighty uh, percent less, so the promoter kept eighty percent and the fighter kept twenty percent. And boxing is, is reversed. And that was kind of messed up the economy somehow around the fighters and stuff. So say, for instance, if you pay, if you underpay, say you got a, 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 say you got this big warehouse in in your in a small town and you underpay everybody. And that small town economy is going to get fucked up because these people, they can't, they can't buy car, They can't buy new cars. They can't go on vacations. They can't, you know, they can't buy houses. You know so saying? They can't, they can't keep the economy around that little city going because they don't make enough money. They can't afford this shit, right? So that's basically what was going on in in, in MMA and and no one's corrected it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's that's kinda where I'm at right now. I, I think it's good for the sport, but at the same time, I think it's time for for the promoters to stop paying fighters what they're worth. Okay. If a fighter's not worth that then fucking don't pay pay him. But this guy's selling a bunch of tickets and and you know what I'm saying and very popular pay the fighters what they're worth.
0: Yeah, and going back to the Conor thing, man, I know you're not going to want to hear this. It ain't going to make you feel any better, but I think you were definitely ahead of your time, man. Because, you know, it's not that Conor is undefeated. He had the it factor, and he was an exciting fighter who went for it. And I don't think anyone would argue that that is exactly what you were. You know, it was just the time frame. Yeah. Um, but it's never too late, man. It's never too late. And I think we need to get you to Thailand, man, and, and get you 30 pounds lighter, get yeah. you some sun, get you some fun and yeah. see what we can do man so yeah. as soon as this is over with and this crisis is done and it's safe i'm gonna get you down to thailand man we're gonna have some fun
1: all right sounds good all right, you got my word that i'm gonna do it I'm, yep. I, I I I need that i need to get away from here and focus man, i want to do one boxing match before i retire and then i'm happy
0: well thanks for all your inspiration man and uh through my career and you know I owe you big time and, and I'm going to pay it all back in Thailand. So all right, thanks, uh, when man. this is over, you, you're going to come see me, man. And then we're going to have a good time.
1: Sounds good, man. You stay safe right there.
0: All right, brother. You stay safe too. All right. Peace. All right. Quentin Rampage Jackson. Wow. I, I didn't expect to get an hour, almost an hour out of him. Um, you know, he had been messaging me about coming to Thailand and, and so I put it out there. I wanted to get him on the podcast and he was just totally cool about it. And we set it up and, uh, it's great talking to him. He's 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 a personality in the sport that I've I've seen, you know, I've I've ran into here and there, but I've never got to really talk to uh in depth. And he was such a huge inspiration for me in my career coming up. I don't think he knew that, as you can tell from the the reaction that he had. I don't think he he felt like he was an inspiration to a lot of people, which we all know that he definitely was. I mean, he's an icon and a legend of the sport. Um, so this was an amazing podcast for myself to to be here in quarantine and, and talk to someone that's, you know, that I looked up to in my career. And, you know, I was at his last fight in person. So he's still fighting and someone I looked up to someone that fought during my career, and now someone that's still fighting after my career. So he's definitely a fighter to the core, someone I admire and look up to, and it was a a privilege to talk to him so if you're on our audio platforms subscribe to itunes or spotify or stitcher or soundcloud if you're on youtube right now please subscribe to our youtube channel leave comments Uh, i try to answer all the comments or, or someone from the show will try to answer all the comments Um, we have a lot of stuff coming, uh, to you guys. Uh, I said that I was going to be doing these quarantine, uh, episodes uh, back to back and with good guests. And we've done Tyron Woodley, Michelle Watterson, and now Quentin Rampage Jackson, all in the week, uh, well, in a week's time, and I got Forrest Griffin in the morning. In fact, I got Forrest Griffin in like nine hours from now. So I gotta somehow wrap this up, get some sleep, and then do Forrest Griffin. So uh, we're definitely gonna keep these going. If you would like to see somebody on the podcast talk about their uh, what they're doing in quarantine, what they think about this coronavirus, um, or any other things that, that we can talk about, uh, let me know and uh, type in the comments, and we will try to make it happen.